Bienvenidos a Crónicas de la Raza, La Raza Chronicles. Tonight's program was produced by Nina Serrano, Julieta Kusnir, Vanessa Bohm, Vilma V, with special help from Kayla Mulholland. Tonight we kick off International Women's Month by highlighting local events in the community to honor women. We'll hear about the empowering Women of Color Conference taking place this Sunday at UC Berkeley and a kickoff event that will be opening the conference this Friday night. We'll also hear about an all-female performance featuring music from Latin America and the Caribbean in honor of women at La Peña Cultural Center this Sunday. Youth poets from Youth Speaks also share their powerful poetry with us. And of course, we'll mix in the very best in Musica Latina. Tonight, we will feature the music of Chilean reggae band Godwana, who will be performing this upcoming Monday night. Stay tuned to win a pair of tickets to the show. All this y mucho más, but first, Noticias Sin Fronteras with Vilma V. Buenas noches, this is Vilma V with Noticias Sin Fronteras, news headlines without borders from America Latina for the week ending March 1st. Cuba, government officials in Cuba and the United States met again last week, this time in Washington, D.C., to continue their progress in restoring full diplomatic relations between the two countries after over five decades of hostility. Main issues include opening up embassies in each other's countries, as well as Cuba's strong desire to be removed from the United States list of state sponsors of terrorism. Remaining on this list makes it impossible for Cubans to conduct banking and other business transactions in the United States. The head of the U.S. delegation, Roberta Jacobson, said that she hoped that the embassy issue could be resolved before the April 2015 Summit of the Americas. Cuba will be attending this summit for the very first time. Argentina. Last Thursday, an Argentine judge threw out the criminal case against President Cristina Fernández de Kirchner that had been brought by Special Prosecutor Alberto Nisman. Nisman died under mysterious circumstances one day before he was to present his findings to Congress. Judge Daniel Rafecas determined that the case lacked sufficient evidence to warrant further investigation of the president. On Sunday, de Kirchner gave her last address to Congress before her term ends later this year in 2015. In her speech, she defended her economic policies, stating, quote, Argentina is the only country in the world that has reduced its external debt, and never again will government have to take out debt to pay debt. During her three-hour speech, she also announced the nationalization of Argentina's railway system. Mexico. Long and contentious demonstrations continue in the Mexican state of Guerrero. Last week, one man was killed and numerous people were injured after protests at the airport near Acapulco were broken up by the federal police. 65-year-old retired teacher Claudio Castillo was killed while demanding justice for the 43 male students believed to have been massacred back in September and while protesting the suspension of teacher wages while an administrative reorganization is taking place. The federal police reported that over 100 people had been arrested, with the majority being released by last Wednesday. Venezuela. Last week, Venezuelan President Nicolás Maduro announced new measures limiting the number of U.S. diplomats who could work in the country and changing procedures for U.S. citizens visiting Venezuela. Now, visits to Venezuela require a visa, and a number of U.S. citizens have been banned from visiting the country outright. Former President George Bush, former Vice President Dick Cheney, Bob Menendez, Marco Rubio, 
and others have all been placed on the list of banned visitors, which extends to their family members. President Maduro said U.S. involvement in Venezuelan affairs had forced him to adopt these new measures. Earlier this month, the U.S. imposed visa restrictions on unnamed Venezuelan government officials. Puerto Rico. Bank regulators in Puerto Rico shut down Doral Bank, the U.S. colony's fourth largest bank, last Friday. After years of struggling with shrinking assets, a multi-million dollar fraud case, and unsuccessful litigation with the Puerto Rican government over the payment of taxes, the bank failed. Spokesperson for the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or FDIC, David Barr, called it, quote, the largest bank failure in five years. Banco Popular will be taking over most of the bank's operations, as well as assuming all of Doral's deposits. The plan is to then transfer some of the funds to other Puerto Rican banks, including First Bank of Puerto Rico. The FDIC said that Doral customers would not suffer any losses during the handover to Banco Popular. Banco Popular agreed to purchase over $3 billion of Doral Bank's assets. This has been a summary of some of the latest news headlines from America Latina. I'm Vilma V for Noticias Sin Fronteras and La Raza Chronicles. If you have a news item or feedback that you would like to share, email us at larazachronicles at kpfa.org. I'm your host, Vilma V, and I have in the studio Divya Sunder, and she is one of the organizers of, I'm sure there's more than one organizer for this, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of the Empowering Women of Color Conference that's happening in Wheeler Hall on the UC Berkeley campus this coming Saturday, March 7th. How are you doing, Divya? I'm doing well, Vilma. How are you? I'm doing great. So tell us a little bit about this conference. It's the 30, 30th year that you're putting it on, so it started in 1985. So tell us about the beginnings of this conference. Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, this year is our 30th year. EWOC was started in 1985 by a group of women of color who were at the time undergraduates at UC Berkeley. And they started the conference in part because they felt that there really wasn't a space on campus to talk about issues affecting women of color. The demographic composition of Berkeley at that time looked very different than what it does today, though obviously it's not like we don't have diversity problems on campus. Sure. Um, so these women got together. They threw on through an amazing conference. The original keynotes were um, Sherry Moraga and Gloria and Zaldua. Um, and since then, the conference has just been happening every year. It's evolved in various capacities. Um, a lot of the women who were originally part of that that cohort that started the conference stuck around in the area. They became community members who were involved with the planning team every year. And so we've developed this really great intergenerational planning team. One of the women who's who was with Ewok for a really long time, Aquila Lewis, is actually, uh, she's a producer here at KPFA. Right. Um, she's done the entertainment for Ewok for a number of years. 
So so tell us a little bit about this year's theme. I know it's no better time than now, transnational resistance, solidarity, and love. Tell us about that theme. Sure. So no better time than now, it actually comes from a quote by black trans activist and prison abolitionist Cece McDonald, who's actually one of our keynotes. Um, so in the aftermath of the uh, murder of Trayvon Martin and the nationwide protests that were going on, Cece said, I feel a revolution is amongst us, and I know that there is no better time than now. And we really felt like that quote, even though, it, you know, Cece said this several years back, really spoke to kind of our political moment, the swell of uprisings and protests that are happening with Black Lives Matter in response to the ongoing occupation of Palestine, in response to the kidnappings in Ayotzinapa. So we really, I mean, we got our inspiration really from what is happening right now, um, what we're surrounded by, the ways in which resistance is being articulated transnationally, the ways in which people are making connections between these different movements and really thinking about um, questions of solidarity and allyship, which have really been foregrounded in kind of leftist and radical political circles um, in the past couple months. And so you mentioned the keynote, one of the keynote speakers, Cece McDonald. You also have Fabiana Rodriguez and an indigenous feminist, Corinna Gold. So can you talk to us about each of those keynote speakers? Yeah, absolutely. The way the keynotes are going to be uh, organized this year is Fabiana and Karina are actually going to partake in a keynote conversation in the beginning portion of the program. And CC McDonald is actually going to close the program um, with a closing address. Um, so Fabiana Rodriguez, as I'm sure many listeners know, is an Oakland-based artivist. She's done a lot of work around questions of climate change, undocumented immigration. Um, she's done a lot of work on black-brown unity. Karina Gold is uh, an indigenous feminist. She's part of the Ohlone tribe, and uh, she is one of the co-founders of Indian People Organizing for Change. She's done a lot of work around the rediscovery of desecrated sacred sites in the area. Um, both Faviana and Karina are actually going to be talking about the role of culture making, cultural heritage, what it means to kind of decolonize and, and repoliticize culture, um, and the role that art and culture play in resistance. Cece McDonald is a uh, a trans activist. She's a prison abolitionist. Um, and so she's going to be speaking to questions of in mass incarceration and the way in which that impacts queer and trans people of color. Well, that all sounds super exciting. So who is invited to this conference? I mean, do you have to be a UC Berkeley student? Do you have to have a big head and lots of letters after your name and stuff? No, no, that is not the point. <laughs> so the conference is open to everybody. We invite community members. We invite students. You do not have to be a UC Berkeley student to attend. Um, I just want to remind listeners that the conference was founded originally in order to kind of address communities, the, the divisions that existed here between students and community members. And so this is really an attempt to kind of address that and to bring people into campus. We will, you know, we do have an admissions fee, but we don't turn anybody away. So if you, for whatever reason, uh, cannot put forth, you know, uh, the fee for community members is $12. If you can't pay that, that's absolutely okay. Um, you're still welcome in the space. I also want to note that we welcome um, mothers. We welcome children. Um, we'll have activities for children throughout the day to do if, if they need to be occupied. So if people are listening right now and they just, you know, before they hear anything else, they want to know how they can register and how they can 
become a part of it. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we have online registration open. The website is uh, ewoc, E-W-O-C-C dot wordpress.com. Um, all the registration information is up there. Uh, if you don't want to register ahead of time, you're not sure whether you can come, we also do on-site registration. And what time is it? What time is uh, the hours of this great conference on Saturday, March 7th? March 7th, yes. Doors open at 9 a.m. The conference goes until 7 p.m. Uh, registration starts at 8 a.m. So if you do plan on registering on site, we recommend that you get there at 8. And so tell us about more of the, you have some musical performances and the workshops. What, what's the music going to be like? Yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited about our performers this year. Uh, we'll start the day off with an indigenous drumming group, uh, Turtle Women Rising. Um, and then we'll have performances throughout the day by uh, Chotima, Coco Pela, um, who are both hip-hop artists, like locally-based hip-hop artists, as well as spoken word artist Sarah O'Neill. To the girl on Facebook who commented hashtag all lives matter. After deeming the protest she attended a hateful event Martin Luther King would have been ashamed of. Call it an overreaction. Call it a riot, a violent protest. Call it everything but justified. Ask us to be polite, to stay calm, to voice grief with respect while our brother's bodies are laid out on the street sounding the alarm. Our bodies are threats well before they are human, and you still want to know the source of our rage. You fear our rage will happen across a storefront window, will happen across a corporate office. You fear the glass shards glittering under police helicopters. We fear your rage will drag our children into the streets and dance in the red pool beaming under street lamps. I cannot decorate this pain for you. I cannot make a beautiful homage. I can't invoke hope in prayer. I don't know how to make you understand the occupation your ignorance has blinded you to. That black bodies are stopped and frisked so often, we might as well call our cities war zones. Every street corner a checkpoint. Violence is not always a dead body. Violence can be a pat down in broad daylight because you share the same hue as suspect violence is indicting the man who filmed the killing of Eric Garner, but not the officer that illegally choked the life out of his body while five others assisted in the arrest. Violence is convincing a jury that he caused his own death, that had he not been overweight, he would have survived violence is needing six officers to arrest one unarmed, nonviolent man in the first place. How can we accept a government that only applies the law to fill prisons with black bodies? How can we accept a government that permits and perpetuates violence against its people? The state traded white hoods for police uniforms. The cops kill more black people each year than the KKK lynched and you want our marches peaceful. You want us calm. You want us quiet. Stop asking us to bite our tongues when we cannot guarantee our siblings safe passage to the corner store. Yet you still want to talk about looting, want to police our protest tactics, 
You want me to know that you would have cared about the tombstones this nation is hoarding if we hadn't blocked traffic. You think stopping trains is silly. You want us to march peacefully, to replicate your disfigured perception of Martin. But Dr. King said, riots are the voices of the unheard and you will hear us now. It is not enough for you to hold our dead in your prayers, to wish us love and light. I get the sentiment, but it won't keep my kin from becoming ghosts. I am not interested in resignations or remorse. I don't want apologies. I don't want your guilt. I don't want your tears. I don't want insistence on how not racist you are. I don't want to know how many black friends you have when you won't even risk the discomfort of calling out your own classmates. You just don't get it, do you? You've never lived out the aftermath, the empty seat at the dinner table, the now widowed mother with six mouths to feed. My kin are being sent to heaven well before God has requested their return. And you want to know why Malcolm called whiteness the devil. You can say all lives matter, but all lives are not killed every 28 hours. All lives will matter when black lives matter. How many more bodies will be enough evidence? How many videos of our last words? How many more must there be for you to finally call this a genocide? That was spoken word artist Sarah O'Neill who will be performing at the conference. So tell us again, when is this conference? And start with like the opening party, because I think people really need to know about that, because that's free and there's music and yeah. it's like a great kickoff. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our weekend will start off on Friday, March 6th. Um, we'll have a Ewok kickoff party from 7 to 9 p.m. at La Peña Cultural Center. And that event will feature a number of artists and spoken word performances. It, it's free. Um, admission is free. First round of drinks are on us. Everybody is welcome. It's open to the public. And then the next day, Saturday, March 7th, we start the day at 9 a.m. Registration opens at 8 a.m. And we recommend that people get there early. We'll have breakfast. So that's an incentive. The day goes from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. You can register online at ewok.wordpress.com. Ewok is spelled E-W-O-C-C. But you can also register on site. And if you have any questions, you can also direct you can direct questions to my email at ewok-ga at berkeley.edu there you have it divya sundar who's been talking to us about the 30th annual empowering women of color conference happening next saturday march 7th from 9 a.m to 7 p.m at wheeler hall on the uc berkeley campus i can't wait for the day and i so look forward to being amongst all these great women next week yeah thank you velma we look forward to seeing you and we look forward to seeing hopefully everyone who's listening right now thank you so much for talking to us thank you (laughs) 
Estoy aquí sentada, aquí bien amorada Estoy aquí mordida y sin pinche mordida Este mundo de pitos me tiene dando gritos Con mil pinche filtros me tiene restringida Y sin una salida, pues me quita la vida Esta realidad limita y siempre me quita Lo que se necesita, pues es mundo pa' hombres Es mundo de pitos, es mundo de gritos Y con poco sentido Pero sé que cambiará, evolucionará Sé que cambiará, evolucionará Sé que cambiará, evolucionará Sé que cambiará, evolucionará Estamos avanzadas y más civilizadas Por ser capaz de ser mamás Por ser capaz de dar vidas Oye mi mujer, oye, oye mi mujer Oye mi mujer, oye, oye mi mujer listening to Crónicas de la Raza, La Raza Chronicles, and I'm your host, Vanessa Bohm. March marks International Women's Month, and we here at La Raza Chronicles have dedicated this first show of the month to talk about some of the exciting events to celebrate women taking place this week. Our next guests are organizers of a very special event, and they are also members of the group Las Almas. This event will be taking place at La Peña Cultural Center in Berkeley this Sunday. Thank you so much, Kamakshi and Maria de la Rosa, for coming in studio today and telling us about this really inspiring event. Thank you so much for inviting us. Thank you. So March, as I said, marks International Women's Month, and you all are putting together a wonderful event at La Peña Cultural Center. And La Peña has just been a wonderful space to support community folks, organizations, wonderful artists from the Bay Area and from beyond. Indeed. And you all are holding your event at La Peña on March 8th, this Sunday, and you didn't pick that date by accident. Can you tell us <laughs> why you chose to do it on March 8th? Yes, of course, as many of you who've been listening to KPFA should already know, March 8th is International Women's Day, and uh, we chose to do this event on honoring of that day. It's important to recognize a little bit about the history of International Women's Day and how it all came about, and um how in the United States there was a strike in New York by some female workers. You know, they were demanding better wages, um, better working hours, etc. So, you know, since then, every year, many countries, I should say, around the world have celebrated International Women's Day, but the United States has yet to recognize it as an official holiday. So I think that part of my reason for putting on a, a concert is to, hey, let's actually, you know, give energy and focus on this very special day called International Women's Day, where it's about empowering women, you know, talking about women's rights in honor of the initial strike in New York and in honor of all of the women that have fought for women's rights and empowerment throughout our communities and in the world. And what better way to do that than put on an event with all females? Yes. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the lineup that you all have, because I know you're going to have music and your own group is playing, but you're going to have Bomba y Plena from Puerto Rico. Tell yeah. us a little bit more about it. Yes, yeah, so it's essentially uh, our group Las Almas is playing a lot of different Latin American and Caribbean music and also music from Mexico. Um, we've invited, our core group is about 
four people, and we've invited a couple of very special guests to join us that night, including a trumpet player, and um, and we've invited Yeye Suarez, who's normally has her own ensemble called the Yeye Ensemble, um, where she has, you know, very talented male musicians that are part of her group, but we're going to be her band that night. So she's an amazing artist that we're inviting to play with us that night. Basically, what I wanted to do with our piece is to highlight all of the music that we're doing is composed or written by lyrics written by women. That's kind of the angle that we're pushing so you're going to hear, you know, a song by Violeta Parra, the famous uh, Chilean singer-songwriter. You're going to hear a song by more contemporary writers. And then, of course, you're going to hear our own songs that we've written, as well as Yaya Suarez songs. So it's going to be about exposing the contemporary female songwriter as well as some of our heroes. And then we have Mujeres Taller Bomba y Plena, who will be playing after us. And they're just an incredible group to see. I mean, they have so much energy. It's going to be about, you know, 15 women up there. Some will be playing the drums. Some will be singing. Some will be dancing, doing percussion. I mean, it's going to be so amazing. So I'm so happy that they're closing the night because the energy that these women bring is just going to blast everybody away and everybody's going to have a good time. Well, it sounds like it's going to be very, very special. And we're lucky because both of you are musicians, part of Las Almas, and you've brought your musical instruments with you today. Yeah, so we, um, we've been playing this song by Violeta Parra, again, the, the famous singer-songwriter, and we're doing our own version of it, of course. But we wanted to, uh, we wanted to share this with everyone um, because she is just such a prolific writer. And uh, as I was going through all of her repertoire trying to choose a song I was almost taken aback like wow this woman produced so much work it's amazing and all of the the community work that she did I mean I I highly recommend anybody to read the Wikipedia article on her because she's she's just you know an, an amazing inspiration for any female musician out there Well, we're very lucky to have you two here to share a little bit of music so that our listeners can also get a little taste of what they might hear on Sunday. Piden pan, plomo, les da la milicia, sí. 
esta manera pomposa Quieren conservar su asiento Los de abanico y de frac sin tener merecimiento Y vienen de la iglesia y olvidan los mandamientos y Se ha visto insolencia, barbarie y alevosía De presentar el trabuco y matar a sangre fría A quien defensa no tiene con las dos manos vacías y La carta que he recibido me pide contestación Yo pido que se propague por toda la población Que viones un sanguinario en toda generación Sí Suerte tengo guitarra para llorar mi dolor. También tengo nueve hermanos fuera del que se engrió. Todos son revolucionarios con el favor de mi Dios. Y Suerte tengo guitarra para llorar mi dolor, sí. That was beautiful. That was members of the group Las Almas singing a song by Violeta Parra. And they are here talking about the very special International Women's Day event that will be taking place this Sunday at La Peña Cultural Center. Well, why don't we give a little bit more details about the event on Sunday so our listeners have a chance to know the ins and outs and where to show up and when. Yes, uh, so the doors open at La Peña at 5.30. The show will begin at 6 o'clock. And we have some tickets, two tickets available for any listeners that want to come out. Well, there it is, listeners. How about we say the fifth caller at the end of this interview, when we play a song, will win a pair of tickets to this Sunday's event celebrating International Women's Day at La Peña Cultural Center in Berkeley. Thank you so much, Las Almas, for coming in and sharing your music with us and telling us about this really wonderful event. Thank you so much. Thank you. The number to call is 510-848-4425.
Get Ready La Raza Chronicles listeners, we are giving away two pairs of tickets to check out one of the greatest reggae bands from Latin America. The Chilean reggae band Coduana will be performing this Monday night, March 9th, at The Independent in San Francisco. The show starts at 8 p.m. with local DJs Julicio and Stepwise and opening local band Bayonix. Callers 4 and 6 will be the lucky winners of a pair of tickets. The number to call is 510-848-4425. Buena suerte. Nuestra tierra es un ser vivo. Sí. Tierna madre con sus hijos. Canto un salmo en la alabanza. Arco iris de esperanza. Listening to La Raza Chronicles, Cronicas de la Raza. We are very lucky today to have some exciting folks in the studio. This is one of our favorite times of the year because we're getting ready for the Youth Teen Poetry Slams. And this is a time where they're up and running, but this is a time where you're going to get to hear some of the best, brightest, strongest, most innovative voices. And you're also going to be able to plug in, because I know not all of us are youth still, but we're going to get to plug into some of that energy and catch that bug. It's a really contagious bug that's going to inspire you, give you strength and energy to push forth on all the community work you're doing, and also be able to share this beautiful gift with friends and family, because it's really a amazing opportunity. So we have in the studio with us two people that are making this happen on the ground. They're running around, not only providing tools for young people, but they can really speak to some of the many issues that are being addressed on a daily basis. We have in the house with us Susie Lundy. She is the Bay Area Youth Speaks program coordinator. So she is just has her hands in a lot of pie. She's doing a lot of different things. Um, she's here representing Youth Speaks. We also have Gabriel Cortez, who is doing big things on a lot of different areas in the poetry world. And he is not only training young people, but he can speak to what it's like to have gone through and actually participate in some of these programs when he was once a youth not super long ago. <laughs> so thank you both for being here. Yeah, thank you, Julieta. Okay, thanks for having us. Well, as folks can tell, I'm excited. And I think part of the reason I'm so excited is that I grew up here and, you know, Youth Speaks really transformed my way of seeing how we could not only express ourselves as young people and our own struggles, but as someone who has 
past that youth age bracket, it has really given me an opportunity to connect to so much of the fire, passion, and energy that young people have to really transform and make the the world really better and you know address the injustices we see. So let's just start off. Um, I really would love you both are you know know this program so well because you two really get to see so many aspects of it, not just work with young people that are learning to write poetry for the first time, but you get to work with young people that are now training others to do the same. So Susie, why don't you start us off and just for people who are like brand new to this whole thing and they're thinking team poetry, you know, what's that all about? There may be some people listening saying we don't even have PE in schools anymore. You know, why are we spending time thinking about poetry? So why have you made this your life's work? You know, in this case, poetry is really just a vehicle that we use to get young people to feel like they can define the world in their own terms and be able to share their stories and understand that their voice have impact. So it's great that I happen to be a poetry fan um, and I'm actually really in awe of the craft and how people use words to identify themselves, identify what's happening in the world. Um, With our youth, we really want them to identify what's happening in their own lives. I think the common misperception about youth is that they're really out of touch with what's happening in the larger world, that they aren't aware of struggles in history that came before them, or that they're not experts in the things that are impacting them every day like police brutality, like domestic violence, like the disenfranchisement of whole populations because of the prison industrial complex. And actually, they are experiencing things in real terms through their families and through their experiences at school. Um, We're just providing a space and a platform for them to talk about it and ask them earnest questions with genuine interest, wanting them to be able to find and develop and be able to present their voices publicly. That's the voice of Susie Lundy. She is a big part of the Youth Speaks Bay Area programs, which really extend a lot of places. It's doing a lot of big things. Um, So I want to now hear, so Gabriel, you actually went through these programs and you are now passing along what you've learned and shaping and helping to support other poets. So tell us, walk us through. What does it feel like? What does it look like? What are people speaking about? And it's a slam, you know, there are many people who've never, never encountered that. They, maybe they've read a poem or two in school, but beyond that, you know, this is their, this is new. Mm-hmm. So if you've never been to a poetry slam before, or one of you speaks under 21 open mics, um, you can close your eyes and imagine with me um, walking into a space. Um, one of the spaces that we're working with is Soul Space in, in downtown Oakland, right? So a really funky shoe store um, with really awesome art on the walls. Um, like Faviana has been has a few pictures in there, uh, has a lot of actually paintings in there. Um, So you walk into this really cool space and there's a bunch of youth um, that are in the audience, some community members, and there's one or two microphones in the front with the DJ in the back. Um, And it's not like your traditional poetry reading, which are, you know, really quiet. Um, They're usually pretty loud. Um, You have a poet on the mic and they're sharing their truths, um, sharing their stories, and the audience is responding with snaps and claps and... um, um, hoots and hollers and applause, um, and it's it's really it's, it's a lot of fun, and 
if it's a poetry slam, we have, you know, um, judges on the side um, that are helping us to curate, like, the next shows, helping to give more opportunities for young folks to reach bigger stages. So it's, it's really exciting, and we're really intentional about making that space, making it a safe space, no matter what stages that they're in. Great. And so I definitely want folks to be able to hear how they can plug in where all these are happening. And also, you know, we've mentioned that the 19th annual You Speaks Teen Poetry Slam is happening right now. Like people are already starting the process and people can plug in and hear some of these incredible young voices. But as you mentioned, there's the final, which is open to everyone and it sells out. So people really need to get on it. But it's something that anyone is invited to be able to be a part of. So before we get to some of those logistics, I'd love to have, Susie, if you break down, like, how do people get tickets and how are people, let's say there's someone who's listening and they're thinking, I wouldn't, I never would have thought I could be a part of this, but this sounds like something I could do, how they could kind of plug in here in the Bay Area. But first, I'd love to hear a poem to give people, you know, we're talking about it, such a unique thing, and every You Speaks poet has a different voice, but it'd be wonderful if you could share some one of your pieces. Absolutely. So a little context for this piece. So in addition to doing a lot of work around the Bay, making safe spaces for young folks to um, share their stories and speak their truths, um, Youth Speaks does also a lot of work around the country, um, doing work like the Bigger Picture Project, where we're engaging youth around the issue of type 2 diabetes. Um, And another one of their projects is the Off Page Project, where they're collaborating with this organization called the Center for Investigative Reporting and really... um, making work that's at the intersection of poetry and investigative journalism. So this is a piece that came out of the Off Page Project's work around solitary confinement of youth. Doesn't have a title yet, but there is a boy who was locked in a box for 23 hours a day. And for 178 days, he's completely by himself in a room so small. When he stretches his arms, he can almost touch both walls at the same time. In a room so small, It feels like the walls are closing in on him, mostly because they are, mostly because he is still growing. He is only 16 years old and already corroding between maximum security walls, cuffed wrists and cracking voice, prisoner identification number and learner's permit, locked in a solitary confinement cell the size of a small parking spot but feels like the trunk of a car, crushed beneath hundreds of hours of forced isolation desperately searching for human contact only to collide with the sterile walls of his shrinking cell. And he isn't alone. Across the city, in a juvenile detention center, a young girl's trapped in a box for 23 hours a day, while most of her girlfriends worry about locking parents out of diaries and bedrooms, cell phones and Instagram accounts. She is locked in to a six by eight foot cell, smothered between walls barely wide enough for her to breathe. She's been holding her breath for 254 consecutive days now, and it's beginning to get to her head. When she's awake, black-spotted hallucinations haunt her vision like mascara clumped thick in the corners of her eyes, and when they're closed, she drowns in the muffled screams of other suffocating youth, pounding on her walls, begging for someone to listen. Will it be any surprise when she finally starts screaming back, when he finally cracks his skull like a sledgehammer against the concrete walls of his cell, when she slits wrists to resist solitary existence carving trapdoors, underground tunnels, fire escapes through skin and cell walls smeared in their own blood. Corrections officers will call this attempted suicide. I call it survival, 
a last desperate attempt to escape their shrinking cell. Every day, teens across America sacrifice their bodies to avoid the violence of forced isolation. Somewhere in this country, a boy chews his wrist to the bone. A young woman forces a battery inside herself, a teen, not to makeshift noose around their neck and ties it to whatever will hoist them from this hole. Self-harming for the promise of human touch, even if only through coroner's gloves, suicide is more common and solitary than any other part of prison, and we still do it. Send our children to the box for talking back, for horsing around. Many aren't even convicted of a crime in the first place, guilty of simply not being able to afford bail. This isn't discipline. This is human experimentation, and we already know the results. How many isolated youth will emerge missing pieces of themselves? How many will return to jail like a child to an abusive parent? And how many youth will make caskets out of their solitary confinement cells? A boy and a girl are locked in a box. They are only 16 years old and still growing. But what room is there for growth in a cell with barely enough room to stand? What room is there for therapy and rehabilitation when trauma is promised 23 hours a day? Solitary isn't punishment, it's torture. Drawn and quartered with no horses, waterboarding whole bodies buried beneath brick and mortar, extraordinary rendition. Every isolation cell a black site on American soil. Every isolation cell an iron maiden closing around hundreds of youth each year. May each youth's solitary confinement cell swing open so we can treat the youth inside and one day free the youth inside, inside. A boy and a girl are slowly falling apart. With our hands on the door, all they can do is wait. Oof. Very beautiful, but also I think that a lot of people will find that, unfortunately, these are stories we're not hearing in other places, and that's why Youth Speaks is so essential. That was the voice of Gabriel Cortez. He is here representing Youth Speaks. He is a mentor fellow, and he's um, supporting other youth poets. So, Susie, there are people listening. You work with Youth Speaks. You've been working at Youth Speaks for quite a while, sharing this opportunity for other young people that otherwise wouldn't have a space to express themselves. How can people listening plug in, not just people who want to participate, maybe we have parents listening, maybe we have youth listening, you know, we want to make sure they're able to plug in where they can, but also people who just want to experience this powerful poetry. Sure. So the easiest way to get LinkedIn is to go to our website at youthspeaks.org. Um, the Bay Area alone, um, we have about 20 programs in um, public schools and different community spaces that young people can definitely plug into. We also do professional development for teachers and counselors and other arts educators to plug into some of our pedagogy and philosophy so that they can also be working with the same methods that we use, trying to really get youth to be able to express themselves in empowering ways. Um, if you want to see some of the poetry that's been videoed, um, you can go to our YouTube channel. Um, it's the Youth Speaks YouTube channel. And yeah, I just also wanted to emphasize that we welcome folks to come and be part of the audience. Um, we see it as just as transformative as the performers who are on stage to be able to sit and listen and hold space um, and be really active listeners and engaged listeners and give um, support and love and be listening with compassionate ears and hearts. 
So where can people be part of the semi and the preliminaries and the semifinals? And tell us more about when the finals are. Yeah, so we actually have two more semifinal bouts coming up this weekend. Um, one, the one on Friday is at the Oakland Museum of California in the lecture hall, um, and that's from 7 to 9 p.m. That's a free event. It's right near Lake Merritt Bart across the street, so pretty easy to get to. The San Francisco prelim on Saturday is at the main public library, the Corret Auditorium, also from 7 to 9, also a free event, also right across the street from Civic Center BART. And then our finals, which is actually a ticketed event, is at the Norse Auditorium. And you can get those tickets through our website, youspeaks.org. Um, it will be from 7 to about 10 p.m., and those will be um, our 16 finalists coming out of the semifinals who are competing for a slot on the Bay Area team that will represent this summer in July in Atlanta um, at the Brave New Voices Festival. And that group of students is not only going to be the cream of the crop because they've been able to push through all the bouts to compete to get to the final stage, but they'll also have the amazing opportunity to be coached by Gabriel Cortez and Kay Swift, who are two of our poet mentors on staff. Wow. So there's a lot of opportunities for people to plug in and to hear some of this great work. Oftentimes people feel like, well, I'm not a youth, but you made it really clear that this is an opportunity that's available to all. And it is, like I said, it does sell out. It's something that I really recommend people move on quickly to be able to participate in the Grand Slam finals. I go every year and every year I'm blown away. So thank you so much. That's the voice of Dr. Susie Lundy. I'm so sorry I didn't give you your <laughs> full credits um, as due. Um, and we also have the voice of incredible poet an inspiring mentor, Gabriel Cortez, who is here. We're lucky to have him in the Bay Area, passing along some great knowledge to some younger poets. And if I can just take a moment to give you a rundown of what's happening between now and then after the slam, we also have coming up our annual Unified District Poetry Slam, which is a team-based competition where schools represent um, their, their high schools in teams and they come to compete over a series of prelims and the finals are going to be at the Oakland Museum on May 1st. Um, for the, all the MCs out there and hip-hop heads, we have the MC Olympics um, in April, every Friday at Oak Stop. From 6 to 8 p.m., we're going to have an MC Cypher and those will culminate in the in the fourth annual MC Olympics in the Bay Area, the champion goes to Atlanta as well as the Bay Area MC Olympic champion to compete on a national level. Um, we also have our annual Curiosity Festival coming up. We do that in conjunction with the Queer Arts Festival, and that's a celebration of LGBTQ youth, um, and that's going to be a workshop um a workshop as well as a final curated performance at the Rainbow Room. Um, yeah, and rounding it all out is the First Sound Institute that I talked about at USF from June 15th to 18th. So there are a lot of opportunities and a lot of resources through Youth Speaks, and we recommend for folks to check the website and people can reach out that way as well. So thank you again, both of you, for sharing your important work with our listeners. Yes, thank you. Thank you.
contigo a algún lugar Me apesta esta ciudad Todo, todo es tan típico Excepto tú La vida me enseñó a ser natural Y honesto ver el mundo desde un plano Ya los tuve que pagar Y tú sabes que es verdad Tú sabes que el amor existe oh, Tú sabes que es verdad El sentimiento original Tú sabes que es verdad Sí, tú lo sabes bien Sabes que es verdad Tú sabes, tú sabes, tú sabes Muy bien La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de las Razas Community Calendar, a listing of events de música, teatro, arte, and much more taking place in the Bay Area. An art gallery opening from Mission to North Beach, artwork by San Francisco artists. That's Friday, March 6th at 6 p.m. With live drawings by Adrian Arias, paintings by Jack Hirschman, Adrian Arias, Tard Brown, Dorothy Payne, and other fabulous painters. There's going to be poetry with Alejandro Muguía at 7 o'clock and live music with Pangea at 8 p.m. It's all happening at the Emerald Tablet Gallery, 20 Fresno Alley in North Beach, San Francisco. The show extends from March 6th to the 28th, and the opening is Friday, March 6th, beginning at 6 p.m. Círculo Cultural is presenting its latest theatrical production, El Ornitorinco de Humberto Robles, directed by Veronica Escamés, on Saturday, March 7th, at the Veterans Memorial Center in Redwood City. For more information, visit circulocultural.org. And on Sunday, March 8th, join the March to uphold the legacy and power of women's resistance here and abroad. The March celebrating the 105th anniversary of International Working Women's Day will kick off at the Lake Merritt Amphitheater on 12th Street and 1st Avenue in Oakland at 12 noon to 3 p.m. The March will feature local speakers, organizations, and performances. For more information, email gabrielawomen at gmail.com. Also on Sunday, March 8th, join in on celebrating International Women's Day with a musical concert featuring a collection of powerful women performers from the Bay Area. The all-female performance will include Las Almas, Mujeres Taller of Puerto Rican Bomba y Plena, and local singer and musician Yeye Suarez. The event will feature original music by members of the cast, as well as renditions of songs composed by other women from Latin America and the Caribbean. Again, the event will take place this Sunday, March 8th, at La Peña Cultural Center in Berkeley, starting at 5.30 p.m. 
For more information, visit lapena.org. And on Monday, March 9th, check out Chilean reggae group Godwana. They will be playing at the Independent in San Francisco and joined by Bay Area DJ Stepwise and Julicio, as well as local favorite band Bayonics. Doors open at 8 p.m. Visit the Independent website for more information. Listening to Crónicas de la Raza, La Raza Chronicles on KPFA 94.1 FM in Berkeley. If you would like to listen to this program again or share it with others, you can go to the KPFA website or look for us on SoundCloud.com. Just search for La Raza Chronicles. Remember to also like us on Facebook for the latest noticias, arte, música y cultura con un sabor latino. That does it for us this evening. I've been your host, Vanessa Bohm. Tune in next Tuesday at 7 p.m. for more of Crónicas de la Raza, La Raza Chronicles. Hasta la próxima y buenas noches. <laughs>